Uh oh. Watch out for the filibuster. That must be the filibuster freestyles music. My God, it's the filibuster. Oh my gosh. Is that Jim Ross? No, no, no. It's Andy Maslin on the Gulf Coast of Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, good to be back. On the filibuster freestyle, your buddy Gavin, and that is not WWE legend Jim Ross. That is the great Andy Maslin. Sir, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing phenomenal tonight, Gav. Happy to be here. Well, Andy, as we were talking about on the 35-second uh, pre-show, I like your moves. I like your style. And for those of you who don't know, that is a great line from Starsky and Hutch, the movie with Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson. And Andy was lamenting that sometimes in life, he says to people, I like your moves. And he's a little bit chagrined when they don't say, I like your style back. And so let's just get that one out of the way right now. Phil Buster Freestyle yeah. approved. If someone tells you that I like your moves, what do you got to say back, Andy? I like your style. That is right. Absolutely right. And um, before I get into my notes, I know that you went recently with, I believe, your wife, Linda, number one Crystal Palace fan this side of Philadelphia and Dan O'Brien. Uh, your wife, Linda, your daughter, who's a minor, and therefore you can choose to use her name or not, and your mom, three generations of Maslins, went to one of our favorite places in the world, Key West. And yes, can, yes, I, can I, I get a little bit of a, of a Key West recap? What's it like to go <laughs> with your mom and your baby and your wife versus when last time you went, at least with me, when it was your wife and myself, no mom, no baby? Okay, a li- little bit different, but let me let me just say how it went down. So when we were growing up, we didn't have a, a ton of money in the family, so we didn't travel all that. Okay. Since I've lived in Florida, my mother's always said, and like we've done like a family trip. By family, I mean like my brother and my sister to Key West. I've been down there with you. You know, um, one of my friends from Bill Ricker got married down there, so my mother like saw all the pictures. So my mother's always like, since I've been in Florida, she's always said I'd like to go to Key West. Got it. Keep in mind, my mother doesn't drink. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and she's kind of old, and she does. She she walks fine, but she can't walk. Like long distances, and, and really quickly, it's humid as heck down there. Yes. Okay. And she, like, she had been to Isle Morada, obviously, for my wedding. Yep. She'd never been to Key West. I knew she wasn't gonna like Key West, but I said, "I'll be the good son, and we'll take you to Key West." And Linda and I had run the seven mile bridge and marathon the day before. Oh, cool. Um, so we needed my mother to watch the baby while we ran. Um, she kind of hung out, was come, hung out with us for the weekend, and um, then on the last day we went to Key West and spent the night. Um, she watched Emma at night, yeah. Like after dinner, like we all went to dinner, and then we put Emma down. My mother went to bed, and Linda and I went out. We, I was in Key West. You know, we got there about eleven a.m. Yep. I don't. I snuck one drink in during the day, but I went eleven to five in Key West without having a cocktail. Which means that you were essentially like 17 cocktails under your average. Yes, yes. I believe when we went to Key West, we started drinking in Key Largo. Um, We did, which for those of you who don't know, it's about three and a half hours north. (laughs) Yes. Um, It was a good trip overall. My mother, she did enjoy seeing it. You know, we got the picture at the southernmost point. Good. You know, um, mile marker zero, all that stuff. let Let me do two things. Let me say one that's awesome and then one and a half. Uh, if anybody wants to listen to our tale from two summers ago when we went to Key West and did a live show from, uh, was it Smokey Joe's? Smoke? Uh, no, it was Uncle, uh, Captain Tony's. Uh, Captain Tony's, sorry. Smokey Joe's is somewhere else. Um, but anyway, Captain Tony's, that, check it out on the FullBusterFreestyle.com website or on our SoundCloud archives. But third of all, I'm guessing there are two places that your mom a- a did not go. One, uh, the Red Garter, and two, the Garden of Eden. 
No, neither one. I didn't make it to either one this time. I did make it to all the other haunts that we went. Um, I saw Jared and Jim playing at... Um, at, Irish uh, Kevin's. Irish Kevin's yep. on Sunday night. Nice. They actually remembered me. Of course um, they did. No one forgets Andy Maslin. Was Doc yeah, there? So. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a place called the Willie's Tea, and there's a guy named Doc, but his yes. friends call him Dallas, and he told Andy one time <laughs> that he could call him Dallas. And so I think you got it all. I think you got it backwards. You're right. His name is Dallas, Dallas and, and you can call him Doc. I can't. I got to call him Dallas. Yes. All right. I just want to get that out of the way because it's important. So... Why are you here? Well, we talked a little bit about your parenting skills already. Last year around this time, you and Linda had just had Emma, and we were starting to talk about your transition as like a guy like me without children who, <coughs> bless you, who didn't like people posting their kids on social media. And then, you know, you flipped into, you know, you had an infant daughter at the time, and so all of a sudden you, you morphed into the other side of the equation, which is, hey, everybody, look at my cute baby, which is totally fine. Now, you're a year in now. You're a year plus in now. I want to do the second annual. You know, I want people to remember the first weekend in May for, for, for four things, okay? I'm all over the place, everybody, and I'll explain why in a minute. But first weekend in May is quietly one of the biggest sports weekends on the American sports calendar, okay? You get the Kentucky Derby, some type of boxing match because De La Hoya Mer- Mayweather started this like 10 years ago, that you got to have a big boxing match. This year it's Canelo versus Chavez Jr., you got NHL, Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, the Premier League, and all the promotion and relegation drama. And then you've got the second annual Parenting Tips and Parents on Social Media Filibuster Freestyle Contact uh, podcast, excuse me, with Andy Maslin. So I want to know in the last year, being somebody who puts the baby on, on social media and being somebody who has a cute baby, uh, what's changed in the last year? Any advice for parents who are getting ready to put their kids on social media? Um, I still, I still post a bunch. At the time, I was actually unemployed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was on a severance package, so I didn't have as much going on. So I found myself posting more. Yeah, sure. Now, now that I work, you know, eight to ten hours a day, five, five days a week, I, I post less. Kind of cuts into your um, social media time. <laughs> yeah. Overall, um, I found out how like parents become like kind of geeky and out of it, like not knowing what's going on in the world because you just have a lot going on. Right. Um, but the, the biggest phenomenon to me is um, mostly on Instagram. I don't I don't post pictures of Emma that much on Twitter. Um, I kind of keep Twitter more um, just causing a ruckus under the scruffy life. Okay. Um, but my favorite thing on Instagram is I'll get like a like of like a picture, and I'll know right away it's like a porn link. You know? Oh yeah! <laughs> you know, like a lot of the spam. It'll be like a cute picture of my daughter, and then I'll like click on like who liked it, and it'll be like you know, do you want to meet up tonight? Do you like my boobs? Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> <laughs> and that's the PG version of it. Correct, and it's like um, I just posted pictures of my toddler or whatever they are at her age at one. Probably not. I'm probably tied up doing baby- <laughs> babysitting for my child. Yeah. But, you know, it's, overall it's good. You know, like I said, it's slowed, I, I've slowed down posting a lot just because things are busy. And um, now it's like I have my phone in my hands and she just rips it out of my hands and plays with it. So I do post some stuff that I don't even mean to. Um, right. A lot of, like, random shots of, like, the tree but blurry because she's, like, dropping it or waving Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was going to say, you've gotten a lot more artistic in your posts, but apparently it's your daughter. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Okay, good. Well, good. Well, let me ask you this. Do you find yourself not doing as much Facebook because you're you're on Instagram? Um, 
Um, yeah, I, 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 I hate, I, I hate the people who post like the same stuff on Facebook and Instagram. So I'm one or the other. Okay. Um, and, and just like everyone, I'm not, ma- I'm not making a point here that even anyone hasn't heard, but the political stuff has driven me off Facebook. Correct. You know, what's great about Instagram is it's really hard to be political, at least thus far <laughs> on Instagram, you know? Um, but then again, if, if you can post a picture of your, your, your baby and, you know, pornographers have found a way to, to like it, you can guarantee that by the midterm election cycle, politicians and yeah. public action groups, super PACs will be all over spamming the gram, if you know what I mean. Hashtag yeah. spam the gram, hashtag yeah. filibuster freestyle. <laughs> I've also on Facebook determined I'm, I'm working on the exact algorithm that has something to do with the number of memes you actually post and believe that equals your intelligence level. Ooh. <laughs> so does that mean that I'm really intelligent, that I never post memes or believe any memes, or does uh, that mean I'm an idiot? You know what? The algorithm hasn't gone that far to that side yet. It just goes more on the other side. Ah, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Good to know. Well, let's, well, let's make sure we do a pod on that once you get it figured I mean, out. I'm an algorithm guy. Why don't you uh, talk to your guys, ask Jeeves a little bit, get to the crack research team, coagulate all that stuff, and then we're going to have a podcast. Awesome, I'm on it. Speaking of coagulation, uh, I had forgotten that we've got an upcoming pod with my buddy Carl Ray about top yacht rock bands and songs. I just want to say it out loud so that I, when, I, when I listen to this to do notes, I'll remember and Carl and I can actually book a date to do that because I had forgotten. Look. And I, 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 don't, I don't know if you are a satellite radio guy. I forget your car situation. You know, I know at one point we are talking about upgrading, but... Once a year on satellite radio for like a month, there's a station called Yacht Rock, and it's phenomenal. Glorious, right? And so we're going to get into the, the Yacht Rock because I'll tell you where it happened, and this is, I want to do a couple of notes on this anyway. I was in Puerto Rico recently on vacation, and um, the guy driving us to the hotel, he stopped the van, dead stop, and was like, hey, look at that yacht! <laughs> <laughs> That's a great yacht! And I hate to be yelling, but I'm like, dude, you just, I mean... You could have kept driving and pointed it out to the left side of the car. We're, we're good. We don't need to stop and look at a parked boat that's through a bunch of, like, barbed wire. We're good. Yeah, actually, you did. You had to stop. But it was a great-looking yacht, and it reminded me that Carl and I are going to do some yacht rock. You know, whatever we're going to do. It's going to be great. Anyway, Puerto Rico. Andy, have you ever been to Puerto Rico? I have not. Okay, I'm going to recommend definitely going to Old San Juan at some point if you can go, like, just with you and Linda. And also, I'm going to recommend the island of Vieques, which is like 20 miles off the eastern coast of Puerto Rico. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm just going to name like three things, four things about the trip. I want your takes on what I'm saying or, you know, whatever, your reactions, okay? Number one, who knew slot machines in the San Juan International Airport? Um, That happens in Vegas. Clearly, that's all good. I didn't know there was going to be legalized slot gambling when I got off the plane. I would have brought some more quarters, but... Shouldn't here's my question for you, Outlandish Theory of the Week. Shouldn't slot machines in the airport exist everywhere solely for the enhanced people watching purposes? Yes. Exactly. One word answer and you nail it. I, I actually think slot machines should exist everywhere. I live in a state where we have these weird like bingo halls in certain counties that are have these a lot of them are illegal slot machines. <laughs> and just sitting in the parking lot looking at the people going in there, it's like, ooh, wow. I'll tell you what, I mean, because the thing about gambling at a casino or at one of these aforementioned like offshore bingo halls that are not offshore is you know what you're going to get there. You know you're going to get a certain type of like gambling fiend. 
But you put slot machines in an airport and like someone like myself is like, oh my God, slot machines. Like if someone has a flight delay, they might go broke or they might make 10 grand. And just watching that happen from Terminal C7, fantastic. Um, I'm going to make a comparison. It used to be like Sarah Silverman back in the day. Yeah. Seeing her live wasn't as good because everyone going there was expecting like her outlandish takes. Yes. Watching someone watch a Sarah Silverman stand-up special who didn't know what she was doing at the time. Yeah. was like, oh my God, it's an offensive female. Yeah. It's a whole and, and, other level of reaction, right? Like Yeah, like when you when you pay to go, you know what you're getting. The entertainment factor is like the unknowing gambler getting maybe sucked down the wormhole of slot city, you know? Yeah. Alright, well good talk there. Um all right. There's a place, like I said, an island called Vieques, and as soon as you get off the ferry, and let, remind me to tell you about the ferry because it was actually pretty funny. Uh as soon as you get off the ferry, a bunch of guys all want to like drive you around in vans and we were like, well, you know. We only have like a five-minute walk to our hotel, so we probably don't need a taxi, but thanks. So I just made a beeline to the first bar I saw. It happened to be a place called Al's Mar Azul, which is Blue Sea for you non-Spanish speakers out there. And I would say, Andy, and I mean this with all confidence, this would be a top five bar for you in your life. It was that great. Okay. It was like... The cheapest, best beers and drinks, the best, cheapest wings and food. I had a level 12 wing, which the guy told me. I'm like, all right, how hot are these? He's like, oh, it'll light you up. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is, um, uh, I don't know. What currency do they use? The dollar. It's all America, buddy. All America. I I didn't know. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all part of the U.S. So it's funny, too. A little little history lesson here. We're going way off topic. but So there's the U.S. Virgin Islands. And then Puerto Rico, which is a commonwealth of the United States. And then there were the Puerto Rican Virgin Islands, which are uh, Calabra and Vieques. And basically, they're all just the Virgin Islands, and they're all just in America, but they're not, but they are, but they're not. So anyway, rolled in there, got like some $2 Medalla lights, which is like the Bud Light of Puerto Rico, had some level 12 wings, and the guy was like, I hate to break it to you, but 15's off menu, but I'm not giving you 15. Um... Pundit Cindy Harrington had a half of one to help me out just to make it look like I at least touched them all. Um, hottest chicken wing I've had in my whole friggin' life. But anyway, it overlooks the Caribbean Sea. It's outdoors. They got classic rock and great music playing. Andy Maslin, you've taken me to a lot of good tropical bars. I'm imploring you and all the listeners to go. I'm in. I'm going right. to tell them Gav Money sent me. Say, Gav Money sent me. It's like, call me a limbo. <laughs> anyway. Uh, a couple other places I just want to get in and I'll be done. El Beiti. It's a dive bar in Old San Juan. It's been there for over 60 years. There's graffiti everywhere. Here's the backstory. The owner bought it, painted all the walls white, and all the kids who would sneak in from kind of the not-great neighborhoods would write their names or crap on the walls, and he got sick and tired of painting it over and over again. So he said, you know what? Screw them. I'm never painting this place again. And there's got to be over a million people's signatures and rugby teams have written on the ceiling and the military has. It's crazy. Johnny Depp's been there and apparently Benicio Del Toro may or may not have lit a guy up one night for messing with him at like four in the morning. They're also under no obligation to close ever. And apparently the later it gets, the better it gets according to a local because all the people who work in the service industry, they start coming out to start their night at like two in the morning, four in the morning. And apparently it's, you can only imagine what the 70s were like at this place, right? Last place, a little bit classier. It's called Vino at La Factoria. It's a secret speakeasy. It's the jam. Go. All right. 
We're through all that. We're through all that. Into the travel update. Yeah, a little, little trip advisor for everybody on the second weekend of May. Okay. Did you watch the Derby yesterday, Andy? I did. I'm a, I'm a big Derby guy. You're a horse guy. You go to the... What, what's, uh, yeah. What's Gulf, the Gulf one? Stream, Tampa yeah. Bay Downs. They're my, they're my home track. So Tampa Bay Downs is on... Okay. And then you've taken me to Gulfstream. Great spot. Gulfstream um, is one of my favorite tracks in the country. Really quickly. Did you happen to see... The JetBlue commercial that I think had Tom Brady in it and may have had Fly by Sugar Ray as like a... Was that a JetBlue commercial? I was cooking some I d- food. I honestly don't know. And I, I was looking over and I swear I had, didn't have a drop of alcohol yesterday. But at the, time, you know, at the time of this commercial airing, it was like during the pre-show, pre-show. And I could have sworn that one, it was a JetBlue commercial. Two, definitely Sugar Ray was playing it. And three, I think Tom Brady was in the commercial. If, if that commercial wasn't on, it needs to happen now. Yeah, exactly. Hashtag JetBlue, you are welcome for the awesome idea. And Sugar Ray is going to like that more than anybody because they're going to get a check. Yes. And we like checks. All right. Um, Twinspires.com. Speaking of weird, illegal, legal gambling, Twinspires.com is apparently a legal web-based horse betting site where gambling is legal. And I just want to ask you, Andy... Why is gambling and lottery stuff so random in terms of when it's okay, when it's not okay? What the hell? I don't know because you can bet on like TVG and stuff like that too, and it's it, some states outlaw. I, I really don't get it. Yeah, but it is what it is. I mean, I went old school. I went to the dog track and just did a little uh, place my wagers there. Let me ask you this: I've gone to the dog track before, and I've bet on horses at the dog track. What type of a level of degenerate has to do the opposite, which is to go to the horse track and say, you know what, I want to see what's happening at random Taunton Dog Track. I, I, I've seen it happen. I've also seen, I mean, I've been at the casino in um, uh, Foxwoods and Mohican and, and seen people betting on High Lie in Dania Beach. Which we all know is fix his F, by the way. Oh, yeah. Have I ever taken you to High Lie? What's the one thing you and I have never done until Florida okay. together, and I've never okay, so done it, period. If you're, if you're going on, like, the gambling kind of, um, you know, level, like, like a nice horse track is, is top shelf. Like, like people are dressed up. Yeah. Good, good class of people there. Sure. It's a good time. Then you have, like, the lesser, like, quality horse track. Not as good. A lot of, um, a lot of people smoking cigarettes and drinking out of uh, styrofoam cups. Like a bingo hall slash barbecue. Then you have the dog track. Which is like the bus station with dogs. Which, which is the bus station with dogs. <laughs> then you have cockfighting. And then you have high lie. <laughs> Some of the worst people in the world are at the front on betting. I'll tell you what. If you go to high lie and someone steps on your shoe, just say you're sorry. Even though it's their fault. Because they I, might kill I mean, you. like, you're encouraged to heckle, like, the players playing, and they'll yell back at you. It's it's a phenomenon. See, that's something the greyhounds and the horses won't do. They won't talk smack back. No, they won't. That's a whole new level of, like, irritating the, the participants. Yeah. Um, all right. So s- s- before we get into a fun little game I want to play, um, any good – because this was Cinco de Mayo also on Friday. And I know you're a big – I don't call you a big holiday guy, but, you know, you celebrate hard, whether it's Christmas. I like fake holidays, yeah. Yeah. So any good Cinco de Mayo stories? I'm guessing this year maybe not as much, but from you and Linda, any memorable moments? You know what? Cinco, Cinco de Mayo is one that I, I've, I've never really celebrated because I, mean, I go hard. I usually take, like, St. Patrick's Day off from work. Yes. So taking, like, a second holiday off with the purpose of drinking, I usually don't do. Okay. Um, 
so usually it's after work, few few margaritas, few coronas. That that's it. Um, it's just, I've just never been like high on my list. You, you know, like in the in the early my early twenties, I was always um, working at a bar in some sort for it. Yeah. And then you know, my late twenties, it just it, it's just never been a big one for me. I mean, like I said, m- most could be, you know. Maybe a little vomiting after too many margaritas, but I'm going to say it was more the sweetness and the sugar. I was going to say the, the sugar is what gets you on that. Yeah. That's absolutely right. Speaking of sugar and no sugar, let's do unofficial sponsor of the week. One that's near and dear to both of our hearts, GT's Synergy Organic Kombucha. Tonight I'm going Cosmic Cranberry. Not Team Trilogy like my friend over at Fresh Market, but either way, boom. Andy swears by it. I swear by it. Filibuster Freestyle improved. By the way, filibusterfreestyle.com. Check it all out. And check out Andy Maslin at the at Scruffy at the Scruffy Life. Is it the? I, I don't even know anymore. I forgot the look. It's the Scruffy Life. Andy at the Scruffy Life. He's got some fun musings on Twitter. He's got his own blog. It's beautiful stuff. All right, Andy. We used to do a thing every week, and now we don't do it as much. Fake band name of the week on the show, and there's nothing better than watching the Kentucky Derby because it, basically, with 20 entries, you have 20 potential fake band name of the weeks to, you know choose from we don't we don't they did the work for us okay so what i would like to do is ask you which horse name from yesterday's kentucky derby would you like to be our fake band name of the week and then when we decide that i want to know what kind of band they would be i I have a couple i got into this one you know i love the fake band name of the week um so i got the i started with j boys echo yes Um, yes but but they're more of a choir that puts out a christmas album Every year, okay, we like it. I had a and more, of, I had a more as like a boys to men meets like Baja boys. Like, uh, okay, I, I like that. Um, always dreaming. Who won? Who won it? I had, yeah. them, I had them as a female pop rock band, and one of the members was playing a stand up bass. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Got, and that's great because that horse won. So that's got some legs. <laughs> um, looking, looking at Lee is yep. a southern rock band. Yeah. Okay. Looking at Lee is definitely basically the same guys we saw at that outdoor cowboy bar in Key West where they made a joke that they shouldn't have made about the sexuality of... Because basically Key West has a section that's known for being very gay-friendly and then a section that is either gay-friendly or not, but it's not... doesn't matter. And the guy had the non-smarts to try to heckle that alternative lifestyle and basically the whole place turned on them and they're like, you're out of here. And... <laughs> And, and rightfully so, by the way, because I want people to know what side that we're on. We are progressive yeah. dudes on this show. And everything's all good. And rightfully so, they were shunned. So they probably changed their name to something else. I can't remember what their name was. And they're probably now called Looking at Lee. <laughs> um, practical Joke was either America's second favorite party band or a Cheap Trick cover band. First of all, the Cheap Trick cover band angle is phenomenal. Who's America's favorite party band, though? Uh, ben, I know Drilling Threes. Drilling Threes, absolutely. But Practical um, Joke would be a phenomenal party band name, no question about it. Um, I Rap is a hillbilly like high school rapper. I like that. I like and that. And then the, the winner for me was Gunavera, who's a Latin band who puts out a song where they just say like the same word. There's the music going on, it's like the same word three times in a row throughout the song. Yeah, so kind of like a margarina slash... Salsa, I love it because I was yeah. coming from coming from Puerto Rico. Um, everybody listens to salsa, and that's great, you know. And like every time you're in a cab or an Uber, and like Gunavera would probably top the charts and Old San Juan. <laughs> yes, so 
that's what like I said. I got into it. Looking at Lee as a southern rock band might be my favorite, but but I I had to go with Gun of Air and the Lion Man. I think it was the most uh, most legit. Absolutely. The only two I would add to that are Fast and Accurate are an eighties rap duo. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm not gonna do anything with Thunder Snow. I think people can use their own imagination. Yeah. I'm gonna go disco. Uh, Studio 54, and actually props, and we hope to understand the horse is doing well because it looked like he got hurt out of the gate. They, they, they said he was afterwards, just right after they said he was walking fine. They think they think he just got spooked out of the gate and bucked out of the gate, and at that point the jockey just called it off. Right, because he wasn't going to. Yeah, okay, got it. So hopefully Thunder Snow's doing okay. The horse, not the fake band, because that they're not doing okay. <laughs> they're playing at Studio 54. In their minds only. And then finally, Irish War Cry. I mean, come on. They are the next great, like, Dropkick Murphy band out of Boston. You know it. Yeah. You know it's real. They are yeah. Dropkick Murphy's tribute at worst and a Dropkick <laughs> Murphy's, like, next level at best. Good times, Andy Maslin. I like it. And I'll tell I you like. what. I don't know if you're going to be on for the Preakness or not or the Belmont, but I'll tell you what. we got two more cracks of this in the next month. <laughs> I know. I know. And they, just to let you know, no one will ever win the Triple Crown if they let horses who didn't run in the first two run in the Belmont. <laughs> Except for the year after the guy said that. Yeah. That was California Chrome's owner said that. And the next year, our boy, and I was there. Who was it? I forget now. Oh, well. Pharaoh. Yeah. American Pharaoh. American Pharaoh would definitely be, definitely be a rapper. Like, yeah. in, the, in the vein oh. of Nas. Oh, yeah. And just, just a, a real note on the derby. Just let it be known that Always Dreaming did get a win at the Florida Derby at Gulfstream, which is one of the big lead-ups to the, to the Kentucky Derby. Correct. Um, it wasn't there some kind of a thing where the last few that had won <coughs> had been undefeated as three-year-olds, and this was the first horse yes. in a while that had not been? Yes. Yeah, so what I would say is, you know, I'm not going to go California Chrome owner and say there won't be a Triple Crown this year, but it would be even more impressive since this horse has lost already this year. Yeah, well, the, the one thing I will say, like, just to be the horse racing pundit that I am, this race was run in the mud. Yes. And it, it's a little bit different run in the mud. Some horses can run in the mud, some some can't. My father was uh, a mudder, mother was a mudder. That's, I mean, that's... Yeah, some, some jockeys can't run in the mud. And, and, like, horse racing is weird. The fastest horse doesn't always win. Sometimes it's how the race was run. Yeah. And, and this, this race went perfectly for all of his dreams. Correct. Now, for instance, there's a really hot start from State of Honor, who was a 54-to-1 shot. And I think around the first, I guess, half mile, uh, State of Honor set the pace. And I believe, um, y- you know, Always Dreaming was probably in the top three the whole time. If, did you see how clean the jockey was who won on Always Dreaming and how dirty every other jockey and yeah. horse was? Well, th- there was a point, I think it was turn two, might have been turn one. Always dreaming was pinned to the rail. Yep. And the horse who was in front of him, I forget who it was at the time, should know he's not going to beat Always Dreaming down the stretch, uh, you know, any further. And he let Always Dreaming off the rail. Yeah. And if he, it, like, you know, he accelerated Always Dreaming, kind of backed off a little, it opened up. That guy should have known I'm not going to beat Always Dreaming in a race. I have to keep him on the inside where he doesn't want to be. Right. But instead, he let him out, Always Dreaming got in the clear and just ran past him. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, the one that everybody kind of liked was what? Classic Empire. And yeah. I believe Classic Empire actually made a surge, but I actually saw a horse kind of block him. And that was kind of yeah. the end of that. Um, That's funny. I bet, I bet on, looking, uh, on looking at Lee in both of my tries. Yep. Um, 
because I had heard and I kind of looked at. He's a horse that just kind of hangs around, and all the other horses that are fighting for first place fall off, and looking at Lee keeps running. So I'm actually, I like looking at Lee in the Belmont just because it's so long. Yeah, right, exactly. I like that. You heard it here first, Philbuster Freestyle. Curtis Fingers, prognosticator, would be very, very proud of you, Andy, for making an early <laughs> call like that. All right, let's, let's get into something that, of course, is on everybody's mind. Uh, and by everybody, I mean at least you, myself, and probably my brother Alex. Um, the relegation and promotion battles happening right now in British soccer, not just the Premier League, but all the way up and down the Championship League One, League Two. A lot of the seasons came to an end this weekend. Um, there'll be some playoffs for some teams, and the Premier League's had a couple more weeks. But bottom line is, let's just for those of you who don't know. Relegation and promotion means the best example is probably minor league baseball. Like the worst three teams this year in baseball would be demoted to AAA, and the best three AAA teams essentially would become major league baseball teams. There'd be no paperwork or anything, it just happens and has for like 120 years. And so, if you can't get behind that, like do or die, all in concept. You're not, I would say you're not American, but actually America is the only place where relegation doesn't happen. (laughs) But anyway, Andy, tell me why you love relegation so much. I just, I just think it gives, I I love it. It it gives teams a thing to play for. Um, I know a couple years ago, like NBC Sports, the actual like last week of the Premier League season, wasn't playing any of the top teams for the most part. It was all the bottom teams. Probably settled. It was all the teams and it was like, they're playing for their life, you know, it it just gives gives teams a reason to play for. It gives teams a reason, fans a reason to root, and it keeps 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 it interesting all year long. Correct. Um, good, good or bad. Um, That's and, right. And I, in, in America, I, I think relegation would work in something like college football. Correct. Correct. Um, it would be great. Like Western um, Kentucky would move into the SEC, and Vanderbilt would like move down. Yeah, um, but I, I just love it. I I, I, I just love the. The plot lines playing out throughout the season. Me too. I mean, you, you go from basically you're all high on the hog to oh my god, you're going to get relegated. And you, some teams, kind of the teams that live between like place seven and place fifteen, you know, they tend to be safe, but they don't always tend to be the same teams. And you have a team coming like seventh one year, which is great for a lot of teams, and then the next year, like they're, I mean, Leicester City, who won last year improbably at five thousand to one, which is like. Getting hit by lightning seventeen times in the same which day. Which would, by the way, whatever bookmaker put a five thousand one is a moron. Right, exactly. But they won, and then this year in February they were in the relegation zone. They had to fire the manager who gave them their first ever Premier League championship. Yeah. And they've actually gotten themselves to a place where they're like in fourteenth or thirteenth or twelfth, whatever, and they're kind of safe. They are safe. Like, like for for years, you know, this is where kind of in Crystal Palace is in danger this year. They'll probably stay up. But they've kind of played in that zone. Um, that's where Fulham played for the longest time. Where things go right for them, they end up in that last spot and playing in the European, uh, right. you know, Champions League. If they go wrong, they're bat- they're battling for their lives. Right. And they lost that battle a couple of years ago. And actually, yes. so did Newcastle. So a couple teams that we hated on about a year and a half ago are actually making their resurgence. Um, Newcastle only one year down. And Newcastle is the team that basically, they are between the 15th and 21st best team in England at all times. It just said sometimes that means they get relegated, and it means they bounce right back the next year. Uh, but congrats to them on winning the, winning the championship, moving back up. Um, wanted to get into 
Sorry. Uh, oh, Brighton and Hove. Albion. First time ever. They came in second place in the championship. Yeah. First time ever in the top flight next year. Yeah, and I actually I actually looked. They came in third in that league last year and then lost a play-in game. Got it. So so they've been right there. They've been right there. They deserve it. Welcome to the party, as they say. Um, why am I, why I'm, I I'm, happy, I'm happy to see Sunderland going down, more than likely going down. Um, oh, they're down. They're already down. Is it, is it official? It's official, yeah, they're down. Okay, and, and uh, yeah. They've been uh, flirting with it. They're a team that's been flirting with it for five or six years, too. Yeah, like, well, because well, it's them and Newcastle who are in the same, like, city or section, right? They're very close to each other, and they're very, very close they're, to they're each very other. big clubs with old fan bases and huge fan bases. The problem is, like, they're basically in the part of England that faces Scandinavia and is not nice. In terms of, like, if I'm a player from, say, Brazil, London I can deal with. Manchester's a big-time football city. Basically living at the wall in Game of Thrones, I'm good. I'm not going to sign there. I'm going to play in Italy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I actually wanted them and Newcastle to get um, relegated last year. Right, and, and Sunderland escaped, and now they're going down, and Newcastle's coming yeah. back up. Right, exactly. And your boys, Aston Villa, stayed down. Um, uh, oh, uh, dude, I was going to say, because I was looking at that, and obviously you and I are hoping for Fulham or Sheffield Wednesday to win what they should. I think this is the, the year Sheffield Wednesday has to do it. I think Fulham has moved in the right direction. will probably be, if they don't win it, they'll be in there right next again next year. Yeah, Fulham, they're both uh, big clubs, but Fulham's been successful recently. I mean, I don't, I don't, I was looking it up earlier today. Sheffield Wednesday, by the way, the second best name for a soccer club in all of England. Sheffield Wednesday. Why? Because they're in Sheffield and when they started the club, they would meet on Wednesdays to play soccer. What a great <laughs> name. So Sheffield Wednesday hasn't been up since like 2000, 2001. Fulham was up like three or four years ago. So Yeah, Fulham was up. It was because I, I have I actually was at the last Fulham game in the Premier League. And that was your honeymoon, right? That was my honeymoon, which I'm saying Crystal Palace. Well, I tell you what, I like the matchups for both of our our favorite squads in this because number one, you pointed this out to me, goal differential is huge. It's not just how many points you score, but it's how emphatically did you win the games you won or you know, lose close versus getting blown out. So you've got uh uh, full, well, sorry, who, Reading came in third, um, but their goal differential is, like, not very high. It's, like, it's like four, okay? Uh, Fulham, your boys in the sixth seed, have, a, have a, the third best goal differential in the league with tw- plus 28. And, and probably Fulham's a better team. Fulham's been on fire. I happened to look earlier in the year, and they weren't doing good. Yeah, they had they trouble earlier in the year, yeah. And then all of a sudden, they've just been killing people. Correct. And then Sheffield Wednesday is playing Huddersfield Town, who has not been up since the early 70s the top flight. They did win the 1922 FA Cup. Good for those guys. Uh, but Wednesday has a plus 15 goal differential, and Huddersfield is very cold. They've lost two in a row, and they have a minus two goal differential. I like a battle of our two teams we really like in terms of Sheffield Wednesday versus Fulham for all the marbles to go up. What do you think? I, I like it. Who I wins like that it. one at Wembley? Who wins that one? I think Fulham wins that one. I think Fulham wins that one too. I would uh, like to see the Wednesdays, as I like to call them, <laughs> up in the. Uh, no, will that game? Will will the the whoever's in it? Will that game be on TV in the states? I gotta think you can roll into some seedy English or Irish pub and find it somewhere. Also, okay. be in sports, the sport that sports network that I get. They show some football championships sometimes, so we'll, okay. we'll keep an eye on that for y'all. The Philadelphia Freestyle. All right, people are are, are sick of us talking about the championship, but. Who's getting relegated? Um, um, I looked it up, and it's three teams no one cares about. Wigan, uh, 
Wigan, Blackburn Rovers, and Rotterdam Bam United. Do you know that Blackburn Rovers are one of the only teams to ever win the Premier League back in 92, 93 in like a fluke-like fashion? Yeah, yeah, I, you know, they're the one that always show up because there's only like six teams that ever won. Yeah, it's like the big them. four, Leicester, and Blackburn Rovers from like 30, 25 years ago. And... Um, they're going even further down. They're getting. It, it was. The, it was. This. It was. Was it the second year of the actual Premier League that they wanted? Yeah, it was the second or third year, and then they yeah. just they stuck around for a long time, but they never got close. All right, let's get real nerdy and talk about who's coming up. We now have one of our favorites, Sheffield United. Smoked everybody in League One. They're moving to the Championship. And they were another one who set it up last year. They they they're very they close. Were in the, they were in that final game and lost. Correct. Correct. Um, also joining them up. Um, Bolton Wanderers. Bolton Wanderers, a former Premier League team, working their way back up. The playoffs are underway. You've got the great Scunthorpe United. <laughs> I, I will admit, the only reason I know some of these lower teams is from playing FIFA soccer on yeah. um, on Xbox. It teaches us. It teaches us so much. And, and then, I had never heard of Scunthorpe United. Well, they are they 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 are tied their first leg against Millwall, which is a very that's a tough group of fans. Apparently, they are very xenophobic folks. Um, yeah. And then Fleetwood Town is playing Bradford City, and Bradford won the first leg there. Okay, going down, Port Vale, never heard of them. Swindon Town, Coventry City, who apparently used to be mighty, and then Chesterfield, which is also the name of where Mike McDee played cards and rounders. Yes, the Chesterfield. <laughs> <laughs> What's great about the soccer team names is that basically if you know of any, like, bar, gentleman's club, restaurant, there's probably a soccer team named after it somewhere in England. Yes. All right, last, last kind of part on this. Down in League Two, a uh, couple teams that are either near and dear to us or others are, are moving out. Okay, so Portsmouth is a team that's been bankrupt like six times in the last ten years, and I'm only probably a little bit off on that. They finally made their beginning of their like, – when I first started watching soccer 15 years ago, Portsmouth was a mid-table Premier League team. They almost got relegated two years ago out of the All Football Association. Yeah, that just that just tells you how much soccer or football has changed in the past fifteen years. Hundred percent true, guy. And joining them on the move up is our favoritely named team and the team you played on FIFA more than anybody, Plymouth Argyle Football Club. What Coming you, up to League One. How do you feel, man? Do you think this is the start of something special or what? I, I don't know. I because. They locked it. They locked up promotion a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I'm I'm sad to see that Portsmouth has jumped them like for the title. Yeah, for the title. But I don't even care. I'm just so glad they're moving up. Um, I honestly think the talent level. Uh, these guys play from League Two to League One. I think they can be competitive in League One right away. Yeah, good. You know, middle of the table. But yeah. I'm I'm stoked. Stoked. Um, I mean. Uh, that's our, that's our first, like, we both have said, we ride or die with Plymouth Argyle. We might start a show called Argyle Wednesdays, which is when we talk about Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth Argyle, the two best-named teams in the league. See, this is where we need to call our friend Bob Kraft and be like, listen, Bob, you know, we're already out of League One. We're out of League Two into League One. You could have bought us for cheaper last year. Well, yeah. let's get on it. Because our, 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 our career plan is for Bob Kraft, as Andy said in the pod before, and make up for Deflategate by buying Andy and I Plymouth Argyle so we can run it and get it to the Neither premiere. Neither of us have ever run a soccer team. Or played no, soccer at or played soccer at more than like a seven-year-old level. Nor have we met or know Bob Kraft on any level. But aside from that, it's a sound business plan. Okay. 
Let's get out of soccer for a minute. I do want to bid adieu to the, from the Football League uh, to Leighton Orient, one of my favoritely named teams as well, and Hartlepool, gone and we'll gone. Miss, we'll miss you guys. We'll pour one out for you. Hope to see you, after, hope, hope to see you in a couple of years. Enjoy the Conference Premier League. Um, all right, man. Canelo Alvarez dominated Julio Cesar Chavez, literally shut him out for 10 rounds. He won 120 to 108 on all three scorecards. Uh, apparently, he had already signed a super fight. He was so confident with Gennady Golovkin, Triple G, and they're going to fight in September. Um, did you watch the fight? Do you care about the fight? Are you a boxing I, guy? I had, I had zero interest in it. Um, Chavez, is, I, I mean, I think he only has three losses, but I think I've seen the other two. Yep. Uh, paper champion, paper tiger. Paper champion, Balboa. <laughs> Never like I knew. How, I, I'm, I'm surprised how the fight went. Um, everything I read about it is that Chavez didn't even show up. Took the payday and walked, huh? Took the payday and walked. Which is crazy, though, because he grew up probably pretty wealthy because his father was a legend. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I don't know. I wasn't I – wasn't, yeah, I'm glad I didn't really get into it. Um, that that upcoming fight with Triple G should be a good fight. should be a great fight. Yeah, that's one that's one that we want to send you to cover. You know, maybe. All right, I'll be there. Uh, speaking of coverage, you're, you're getting into your high season here. We're going to have some serious golf majors and tennis majors coming up in the next couple months. Are you up for it? Yeah, I take back. Um, I, I've, after the last major, I said I was hoping Federer retired um, because, you know, he'd go out on top. He's playing real well. Yeah, he, I was going to say, he only, he only won his next two tournaments since. So, sorry, Raj, my bad. It's all good. You know what? The three of us, Bob Kraft, we'll all the foursome of golf, we'll put the water under the bridge, baby. <laughs> If, if Roger wants to invest in Argyle, I'll let him in. Tell you what, absolutely. Uh, I do think that, one, Djokovic continues to spiral, and Nadal is playing great on clay. I think Nadal gets another one on clay this uh, in May. I would love, I, 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 I want to see the Nadal-Frederer final. Oh, again. my God. It's one place where Nadal can just he'll probably go 6-love, six 6-1 six on him or something. But anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. So we'll get that going when it's the time to get it going. But how about any hot takes really quickly on Stanley Cup playoffs? What do you like? What you don't like? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what the score is now, but when we started, I'll check for this you. Podcast, the Oilers were up five nothing in Game Six over the Ducks. They're going to force a Game Seven. Uh, I've got it on here now. They've got a they've got a slow mo going, a replay of sorts here in the Batcave in the studio. Crack Research Team has it on mute, of course. Let me see if I can get a score for you. I think it's between periods. Anyway. It looks like the Oilers are just blowing these guys out. Yeah, it was it was five nothing after one, and the Oilers should the the Ducks are actually up in that series right now. But the Oilers blew a three nothing lead the other night. Yeah, so they should be up three to two. Um, the Oilers are young. I love them. I'd love to see them win it. Um, I think Nashville right now is the darling the darling of the uh, the bell of the ball of, of the darling of the tournament with uh, everything that's going on. I mean that. You know they're they're playing real well, um, and that's in the West. Like they they clinched today. Um, I'd like to see Edmonton beat it just because they're a young team. Yep. Um, the East is is up for grabs. I mean Pittsburgh's up three two on the Caps. Um, so you know you, you assume Pittsburgh's going to close that out with the veterans they have, and, but then Ottawa and the Rangers are just playing. You know it's it, those games just don't make any sense. <laughs> so it's. It's exciting. Yeah, by the way, Edmonton's up 7-1. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm watching, they got a score 7-1. Woo! That's a, that is not a soccer score, my friend. That yeah, is not I think soccer. it's going to end up being a Nash- Nashville-Pittsburgh final, which will be good for hockey fans, but we'll get no ratings anywhere in the world. 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Pittsburgh draws like a mofo, but they only draw from their fan base like they draw all year. And Nashville's not going to draw diddly just because it's, it's not a brand. It's not, it's not a hockey brand. Yeah. Um, all right, and then how about this? Celtics, I think, basically just got worked. It's, series is tied 2-2. Two to two. Um, or the getting worse as we speak. We'll get, 121-1-2 final. Okay, it is over. I've been so locked in on this, this this podcast, of course. And then, would you know, maybe you caught this today. I don't know how much TV you did or didn't watch, but I was waiting for hockey um, and basketball to start. And I was kind of flipping through to find some live sports or some semi-live sports. TBS was showing the NCAA final of women's beach volleyball between Pepperdine and USC. And... I just want to give a shout-out to the USC Trojans women's beach volleyball team on their back-to-back national championships. They beat Pepperdine three matches to two. Um, but what's ironic is both those teams are basically based in, in Los Angeles. On the beach. On the beach. They had to travel all the way to the beautiful Gulf Shores, Alabama beaches to settle this with each other. I want to know what schools are sponsoring beach volleyball i'd have to assume that 80 percent of them are either florida or california well i was gonna say here i, I think I, I think i don't have it written down but i think i can <laughs> i think i can remember the elite eight because they had their logos on like the um you know the stands so yeah. you had basically five power five schools all southern and then you had three schools that were long beach state pepperdine and hawaii so yeah that's volleyball land okay and then you had Florida State, uh, you had, I believe, South Carolina, LSU, obviously USC, California, UCLA, California. So the exception of, like, South Carolina, everybody else has, like, a lot of beach. <laughs> now, I wonder if any of the beach volleyball players are actually on the regular indoor volleyball A lot of them are. I, I, don't, okay. I don't know enough about it. I know enough to know that you're allowed some crossover, but you can't just use the exact same kids. But there's some kind of weird... My guess is the best guy, the best players are on both teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I yeah, mean, I mean, it's like, like you know, the indoor track season and the outdoor track season, you know? It's... Well, correct. And that, that's all the same people. But, uh, yeah, man, it's a little interesting. It's a little interesting, but uh, I'm behind it. It was decent. Beach volleyball is actually pretty good TV. So it's, it's good TV. I, I actually love with all the sports networks we have now. The, I mean, we are actually to the Ocho. I was going to say, you nailed it. I was going to say that before I landed with what I watched today. It was literally obscure sports quarterly. Like the ESPN <laughs> eight, the Ocho is here. It's just that it's now being sports and TBS is showing stuff. It's just, you know, true TV, yeah. like true TV. I mean, they have impractical jokers and they have four days in March and that's their, their lineup. Oh, that, okay. Okay. Here's the one. So NBC Sports Network actually has some good yeah, uh, great, great content. Dude, I was watching stuff on CBS Sports Network the other day with conference college conferences I've never even heard of. Yeah, so I read a little bit about this. And and NBC Sports has basically they launched. They wanted to make a splash, but they didn't want to directly compete with ESPN. They wanted to like find their niche. So soccer, hockey, a few other things. Formula One. Yeah. Uh, Fox Sports 1 just tried to basically be ESPN Junior, whatever. And then yeah. CBS Sports Network basically has always been about not losing money. So they've had to steadily work their way up in terms of property rights. So they used to literally show like high school games that the high schools would pay money to be on. Like, and then basically they're, 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 they're like doing the slow relegation promotion climb. They're like Plymouth Argyle. They're making their way to the top eventually, but they need Bob Kraft. Me, you, and Roger Federer to do it. And that's what I'm saying. 
<laughs> so they're just basically waiting for uh, Rupert Murdoch to say, I'm not paying for FS1 anymore. So that moves them up one more rung. Basically. Yeah, exactly. So, so they got that going for them. All right, man. I'm going to get us out of here on that. But uh, stick around for a minute. Catch up. So you... Are you calling a winner for the Preakness? You think looking at Lee is that your, your pick? Now looking at Lee is going to win the Belmont. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, I would go, what, what was the name of that horse? It was one of the ones we talked about. Hold on, Pull, pulling out my my program from You're, the doctor act. Is, I I'm like drawing that. A blank. I'm drawing a blank on the on the horse's name. Classic Empire, I think, is going to win the um, Classic Empire. McCracken's going to win the Preakness. McCracken, love McCracken. Great, great. It's another Irish band out of Boston. Anyway. All right, man. I'm gonna hit the I'm gonna hit the outro. Thanks for being on. We appreciate it. Talk to you soon, buddy. All right, man. Bye. Filibuster freestyle. That's the end of the podcast, folks. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. Yeah.